0: Welcome to On Time In Full, a podcast from Designed Conveyor Systems. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode of On Time In Full brought to you by DCS. I'm your host for today, Gabrielle, and right now I'm joined by Brian Curran, who's VP of Software. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about distribution and fulfillment software, as well as strategies for project success. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, to start us off, Brian, go ahead and just give us a brief bio of yourself, such as name, title, and what it is you do in your industry.
1: Sure. Uh, So my name is Brian Curran. I'm the Vice President of Software for Design Conveyor Systems, and I help customers to optimize their automated solutions using WCS and WES softwares.
0: All right, well, let's go ahead and take a moment to talk about uh, WMS, the warehouse management system, WCS, warehouse control system, and WES, warehouse execution system, and just the main differences between these three distribution and fulfillment softwares.
1: Yeah, I'll start with the WMS. Um, So, WMS is really the orchestrating all the activities within the four walls of the warehouse, um, but also products coming in and out of the warehouse. So, um, the WMS integrates with systems like yard management systems. Um, ERP systems, carrier, uh, shipping carriers, and WCS systems. Um, It also implements a lot of standard process and configuration-based rules, um, wave planning, and a lot of manual process like picking, packing, um, and those things. And next is a WCS. Uh, WCS is about container management, um, routing of those containers on the conveyor system, integrating the PLCs and scanners. Um, It's also a message broker to the host system and other third-party systems, the host system being a WMS system. Um, It also has configuration-based exception handling, such as if you have a no-read or an unknown container on the conveyor, there's a configuration to say where that container will go. Um, Also, sorter management, such as enabling and disabling of lanes and making decisions about strategies for how you apply um, to a sorter such as round robin or load balancing across lanes. Uh, The last one is a WES. So a WES is all inclusive of the features and functions of a WCS, um, but also pulls down some features from a WMS. Um, It's more adaptive and dynamic, and it's optimized to change. So it's using using things like KPIs and other metrics to make real-time decisions. Um, Also waved and waveless flows together, uh, location inventory management. And then also common is enhanced visibility. So things like large dashboards, um, data pipelines, using things like tablets and mobile applications, all very common with the WES application.
0: Now, Brian, it's just the nature of the industry and the way we approach things operationally, but I'm sure the way that we have uh, first approached these softwares has changed over the years and how we use them. So I want to ask you, how has the overall approach to these softwares changed, and has there been a difference in the way people approach these?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll start in the same order. I'll, I'll start with the WMS. So um, WMS has grown in size and complexity uh, over the years, and um, today you'll find Tier 1 Tier 2. Uh, tier three WMS systems. It can be. Um, there's a number of vendors offering commercial off-the-shelf WMS products. There's a lot of our customers who are still using homegrown systems that they've developed internally. Um, still mostly supporting manual operations. So that's that's a WMS. WCS is. Um, it was really. Um, it's an extension of the PLC, I guess you could say, where. There's a need for higher-level orchestration um, than a PLC or programmable logic controller um, would provide. So it's still closer to the hardware. Um, primary function hasn't really changed. It's it's uh, providing conveyor routing decisions, integration um, to host systems and other third-party systems. So um, it's pretty it's pretty standard. It's a uh, it's the uh, the muscle, if you will, in the warehouse of uh, moving products around and um, Finally, the WES is uh it's the, the newest uh the newest software in, in the list. Um, it's been around for about 12, 10, 12 years. And um, you know, going back beyond that, some of the features and functions that were part of a WES, they've been around for 25 plus years. And um, the WES movement was really about standardizing uh, some of those custom features at a lower cost and, and risk. And um, initially, uh, you know, there was a lot of WMS vendors who were saying that they were, they had a WES, there were WCS vendors saying that they had a WES. So a lot of confusion about, uh, what the product was. And, um, because of this, there was a lot of just rebranding of products and saying, Hey, we're a WES, um, which ultimately missed the mark in delivering on the value that, uh, that the WES was, uh, designed for. So um, today, things are more stable. I think there's a better, um, more holistic understanding of what a WES is in the market and uh, and the value is being delivered to customers.
0: Let's go ahead and, Brian, and talk about the compa- compatibility between these softwares.
1: Yeah, so you can think about it, the three softwares, kind of like a stack, um, with the WMS kind of being at the top, WES, WCS in the middle, and then below that's where you have your hardware and your PLC layers. So, um, the, uh, the WMS, I kind of think of that as like the left brain, uh, if you have like the left brain, right brain analogy, and the the left brain being more standard process, um, configuration-based process. Um, the WCS is also a very standard configuration-based um, process and uh, management of of exceptions, things like that. Um, and then the uh, WES, as I said before, it's it's a hybrid of WCS and some of the features of the WMS, so um, you know it fits in that same space in the stack as the WCS, but maybe pulling down some more functionality from the WMS um, in in the facility. Uh, there's no there so, there are cases where the only software that you need of these three would be a WMS, and if you're if you're running an entirely Manual process, you really only need a WMS. Um, also, for simple automated solutions, you don't really need a WCS or a WES. You can do um, with just the PLC sometimes. So, um, so it really depends. But you know, as a hierarchy or a stack, that's that's kind of how they they line up.
0: Well, business, I mean. About these software programs. There's a lot of ways that we can utilize this to set ourselves up for success. And I want to ask you that. I mean, in what ways can businesses use this, uh, these software programs, to set themselves up for the optimal solution and to avoid software projects failing?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, the the way the, that I would recommend to do that is you, you need to do your due diligence. Um, you know, on number one, on the the products themselves, and look at your operation. You know, how have you been running your building or what's your experience in the past? You know, what is your what are your goals for the future? How much automation are you planning to have in your facility? So as you're making these decisions, do your due diligence, um, pick the right tool for the job and and uh, understand where, where each of these different software products shine. When you're vetting different vendors, um, it's also important that um, that you uh, understand what's under the hood of these products and um, the uh, the business drivers that they were designed to support. So one thing that I recommend, and you know, as a vendor and provider, um, this is something that our customers often ask of us: is um, go through a, re- a review process with your vendors and really understand, uh, deep dive under the hood, how the product was built, what features does it have to support you know, long-term roadmap, uh, maintainability, supportability, all those architectural attributes. You want to understand um, what you're buying before you buy. So um, you can leverage the help of your internal IT team or software team um, or even a trusted vendor partner who's also maybe involved in the project um, to help you vet the different vendor softwares and uh, looking under the hood, making sure the quality is baked in They have good process in terms of uh, the entire software development lifecycle from requirements gathering, development, architecture, uh, quality assurance and delivery. So um, you want to make sure they have strong process. You want to make sure they have strong technology and their technology choices are um, more modern and Secure that you feel confident that it's going to take you into the future.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, doing your due diligence. You mentioned doing your due diligence and also the review process. As uh, so I wanted to ask you, Brian, you know, just what are some ways uh, that you review your process, but also keep it effective as you move forward?
1: So I think making the right technology choices is is really important, and uh, both technology and tools. There's continuous improvement, enhancement. In, in these areas and you want to take full advantage of it in your internal process um, choices of technology have a direct impact on security availability um, maintainability and also long-term support so it's important we're always looking at technology um, pushing ourselves to you know not get comfortable in technology and and really make sure we're taking advantage of the latest and greatest trends and, and techniques so um, you know, tech, the technology is what enables innovation. So uh, very important. And also quality process. We, we put emphasis on quality um, from every part of the process from the ground up and uh, quality is baked in. So um, we have continuous integration, continuous delivery pipelines. That enables us to continuously test our delivery of the software, integrating new features um, mm-hmm you know, we have um, automated testing built into it. So we know um, if we're introducing any new issues when we release software. So um, very important. Also static code analysis. We do um, code reviews between the peer software developers, um, but also we leverage tools um, that help us do analysis of the software, um, looking for not only security vulnerabilities, but also best practice on Um, you know, how to implement the software uh, to make sure that it scales and and, um, it doesn't have any issues long-term.
0: Well, Brian, as we start to close this conversation, I want to give some actionable uh, ways for our audience to kind of measure success. So in what ways do you, Brian, measure success when it comes to these projects?
1: I mean, ultimately, it's about delivering value to the customer and helping customers to realize the ROI uh, for the project. So um, optimize solutions that are cost-effective. So we don't wanna deliver solutions that are difficult to maintain, difficult to update. Um, so that's very important. Um, delivering on the, the low risk, high reward uh, is how I measure success. We, we wanna make sure that we have maintainable solutions for our customers um, that they're happy with and we can continue to update. As their, as their business needs change, we can continue to, to, uh, to, in, to change the product to match their needs.
0: So. And that's the best kind of answer. Thank you, Brian. Well, that closes the conversation for today. So thank you for joining us on today's podcast to discuss distribution and fulfillment software, as well as strategies for project success. So thank you. It was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Of course. And as always, if you want to learn more, please visit designedconveyor.com and look for this podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts at. I've been your host, Gabrielle. Thanks for tuning in.